Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the good news with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Angie Austin with the good news and also she's back. Arlene Pelican. I think it's been seven months, Arlene, since we've spoken. And we used to speak like once a week. It is time for a reunion, my friend. <laughs> it is. Arlene Pelican, author, speaker, and a great vacation taker. Did you have any fantastic vacations with the family uh, this summer? We really had a big summer. We went to Switzerland, which was kind of the trip that we'd been saving and planning for a long time. So we if you ever have the chance to go to Interlaken, it's just this beautiful mountain area that you just feel like you're in a fairy tale. Just, you know, uh, Lauterbrunnen is like the land of waterfalls. You have all these waterfalls and this little town and everyone is so friendly and you walk everywhere. And they what I loved about it, Angie, because, you know, our families like to do active things. Yes. Um, what I loved about it is you take the cable car to the top of the mountain and then you just walk down the mountain so you get like the beauty of all the what you usually have to work and hike for but you just get to walk down this nice hill i love it that's that's my that's the second perfect yes that's the second half of my life uh, dream you know like instead of hiking up and down that in tucson we did that where we got taken up this canyon and we came down by all all the saguaros and all the beautiful you know scenery and so yeah and then crossed over all these creeks so uh, i can imagine that was amazing and then Prior to all the fires in Maui, you were there earlier in the summer? Yes, and then we were celebrating my parents' 50th anniversary, oh, wow. so we were right there in Lahaina, and it was special to, to now we can kind of cherish that a little bit more, uh, that we were able to be there, and then, you know, it was nice to have the vacation with our college-age son, Ethan, so it was fun to to, uh, to be a five again, so that was fun, family of five. Oh, yeah, because this is his second year of college yeah, then, he's right? Yeah, sophomore in college now, and uh, he came home to work for the summer, so it was perfect. And he, does he have a phone now? He does have a phone. Okay. So as as you listeners know that have been with us for a while, he didn't have one through high school, and then he got one in college. And then do you have a family phone for the other two that are in high school? Well, what's really funny is so we've had this family gab phone, which I really, really, really like. But the girls were like, Mom, you don't have to pay for that. Like, so they're so funny. They're like, we don't need that. Like, we are fine. They actually like the independence of, of not being tethered to it. So really? they've actually chosen not to have one so they just go to school i mean it's pretty simple like they get dropped off at school they get picked up from school they have tennis practice after school they have no phone they have laptops so they check you know all the group messaging of the tennis team and all those things they can check through their laptop so it really has worked just fine yeah and then would you email them yeah so then exactly so if i needed something i would email them and then just kind of cross my fingers and wonder if they would ever listen to you know what i mean so there is that you lose that right it's pretty simple. Like I know I'm supposed to pick them up and, and if I can't pick them up, I can get someone like my husband or, you know what I mean? Like we yes. can figure it out. Yes. So we have not had any types of phone emergencies so far, not having one. Wow. <laughs> which, which I have to juxtapose that to, you know, I know that's weird to think like, oh my word, how do you communicate to them that way? So that's my problem. But think of, so so I just said I didn't, we haven't really had a phone emergency yet, but think of all the phone emergencies you do have, right? When right. you're 
13, 15, 18 year old has one, whether it's like, oh my goodness, you saw that, or, oh, you, you're, you've been on that so long, or, oh, you know, it's cracked and it's going to cost how much, or, you know, whatever, whatever that, that situation. Okay. So now I'm curious, do any of their other friends go phoneless? No, all of their friends have phones. They do not have one friend that does not have a phone. Yeah. Oh, wow. You go girl. Yeah. (laughs) So that, so it's true. It's not like they're in this cluster of like, okay, we five girls don't have phones. No, all, every single one of their friends have phones. Um, I think Ethan had a a guy at church, a boy, same age in church that did not have a phone. And I think it is helpful if, if you have a couple kids that way, but they, what's nice about it is if your kids are involved, if they have activities, if they know people, then that lack is, is not that bad. Wow. All right. Well, we've got a great topic. You do. Uh, talking about the five A plus skills that every kid's need is we're, you know, I'm back in the school year now. Yeah. So let's get rolling. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about the, you know, get those A's in schools, those academics. And yeah, the A's are important. But you know, what's interesting. It's like sometimes if we make just getting that A, that that's the goal then it's like, okay, I'll just use chat GPT or I'll just use my friend or, you know, cause the goal is just to get an a, the goal is just to get a good grade. And we really, that's not what we're trying to instill in our kids. So the a plus skills that we're talking about are more character skills, more relational skills. So I'll just rattle them off and you can, in your mind think, okay, does my child have this? So, um, affection, does your child give and receive love? appreciation does your kids say thank you to the teacher or you know roll their eyes at them <laughs> you know uh, anger management there's going to be things this school year that are going to make your kid mad like yes. how are they going to deal with that anger yes apology when someone does something wrong to them or they wrong someone else are they able to repair that relationship to accept an apology to give an apology and then attention can your child take their wandering you know attention that's so used to tiktok and things happening so quickly and can they sit in a, in a classroom with a math lesson or a science lesson or whatever it is and take that their wandering mind and say i have the self-control to pay attention in this moment so honestly if your kid has these kind of skills they're going to be really successful in life and and we can do a deep dive maybe on on uh, whichever one sounds good to you (laughs) you know i it's interesting because um you've got appreciation and i got this group text because we have a household text and it says um uh, it's from my husband it's from this morning it says yeah Kids, please make sure if someone does you a favor, like giving you a ride to school, you thank them. Don't be like the three kids today who got out of our truck and said nothing. It's a bad look. Yes. So he's talking about three of their friends. So I messaged him like, yeah. you know, who was it? Because he gives two of them a ride to school almost every morning. And then another one, he's a teenage boy. And I, I said to him, this is terrible. But I said, well, he's a teenage boy. And that comes with a slight amount of cluelessness. I don't think he's a bad kid. Um, yeah. And then another of the of the three, she normally thanks me. I think my husband is a little more intimidating. But really, three kids that you pick up at different locations and give a ride to school and not a single one of them yeah. says thank you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he was super irritated. And, and you know, and that's so good to point out because those kids may not like it's like either not required of, of them or it's not modeled or it's not reminded or whatever it is of why they're not doing it. But it's right. worth it like for you with your kids, just like your husband did to say now, remember, like when they do that, like when that parent is volunteering to coach your team, like be sure to thank them, say thank you so much for showing up and helping us today. Like that's really, really important. So I think if we can keep telling our kids about stuff like that and then if they see us, like I just remember 
um, being, you know, at a coffee shop and making, you know, small talk with the barista, asking them questions about their day and then really saying thank you. And, and you could tell the barista was like, wow, thanks so much for being such a, a nice customer. And so then later with my kids and I would talk about that, like, this is how we treat people. Like you have to treat them with courtesy. And then when they do things for you, like make you a delicious cup of coffee, like you want to show appreciation, you want to say thank you. So let them see it and, and require it that they say it to you. And it gives them pride in their their work and their yes. in their job as well. Uh, I, I was just thinking about um, the time I was at uh, Whole Foods. I've said this a couple of times, but I, I said, I've got to get off my phone. I'm, I'm checking out now, uh, so I've got to hang up. And the checker said, wow, that was nice. Most people do not hang up. I said, well, you know, you're checking me out. It's a cur- common courtesy for me to look you yeah. in the eye and talk to you and be like engaged in what we're doing here. She's yeah. like, she gave me a little plant. <laughs> no, she did not. Yeah, she, I can't remember if it was a little cactus or like a little thank it's you for. Horrible. Yeah, I thought it was so cute. She's like, yeah, most people they, they don't get off the phone, you know. Oh, so I thought that was horrible. Yeah, it was yeah. like a, a thank you plant. Yeah, so it is like we're we're kind of growing up in this place where it's not expected, where it's like you don't have to do those common courtesies anymore, but to really turn that around and to say no, 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 that you know, like with your husband and the kids, like. To really put it in your mind, no, that's rude. If you accept something from someone, if someone takes you somewhere and you say nothing, that is rude. And and you can't act that way. You've got to be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And manners just seem to go by yeah. the wayside. I, I know when it comes to attention, I taught my daughter a pretty um, – uh, we were talking to her about something completely different. Yeah. We were talking to her about, oh, I know what it was, siblings and making sure they never say or do derogatory things to or about each other since they're all in the same high school. And yeah. my son had come up to my daughter and asked her about something embarrassing about the game the night before and yeah. other players were there. And he pretended to my husband like, oh, I didn't even know like that they were there. Yeah, I didn't notice them. Yeah, it was actually curious. Well, there's two things. He goes, either you're mean and you have a mean streak and you're being mean to your sister to embarrass her in front of her friends about the game. Or you're completely clueless. So either way, you're an idiot, he said. So um, I'm going to let your you. your husband said? Yeah. He's like, so you choose one of those. He goes, well, yeah. then I was clueless. I didn't do it on purpose. So yeah. he made him unload the uh, trailer full of sand into we're building a walkway of bricks. So he had to let the next morning un- unload the whole trailer of sand with a shovel uh, oh as his punishment because he didn't want him to forget it. But then we brought each girl in too to say like, we're done with this. We're done with the dogging the siblings, you know? Yeah. And so this goes to your, um, of the Good affection, appreciation, anger management, apology and attention. This yeah. goes to attention. So as we're talking to our daughter, um, the middle one, Hope, really doesn't dog the other two. But she had said something mean to a friend of hers about our son. She wanted to date our son, and she told her friend, because she didn't want her to date my, her brother, she said, well, he's a step down from the last guy you dated, that's for sure, and he wasn't great either. You know, and we found out, and he she, she got in so much trouble for, like, basically saying that, you know, that her brother was a step down from a loser, right. you know, and she was yeah. just doing it to get her friend not to date her brother, but it was yeah. completely unacceptable to us. So the entire time we're talking to her, she's staring at her phone. So I look over at my husband and I give him the like thing across the neck, the like, stop. Right. And then he's like, looks at me like quizzical. I'm just like, and I put like, shh, you know, and so we're quiet. We stare at her. Silence. Silence. She does not even look Silence. up. She does not look up. And after like a full, and I am not exaggerating, Arlene, at least a minute, she looks back and forth at us. Her eyes go back and forth, left and right, left and right, dad, then mom, dad, then mom. She has no idea what's going on. And I said, all right, 
I think you'll understand we don't want you to talk about your siblings, but I never, ever, ever want to see you when another human being who has value is standing in front of you, sitting in front of you, and engaging you, and you have your eyes on their phone. It is so dismissive. It's telling them, I do not value you. I do not care about you. You are worthless to me. And I said that ever, and I raised my voice. I said, I want that never to happen to another human again, that you devalue them like that. When we are speaking or any other person is speaking, your eyes are off the phone. And that is that period forever. And then I wrote her this text. Uh, I said, look, I love you, girl. One term during my career, a uh, news director, uh, assistant news director, stared at his phone the entire time I talked to him, and I felt so devalued. Uh, You could see he had no regard for me as a human. I felt terrible when I walked out of his office because for the entire three-minute conversation, he never looked up from his phone like I was not even worthy of his time or a glance. I was so offended, but it was my boss, so what could I do? And so I think she got it. I think she got it. Yeah. Well, wow, there are so many things I want to say about that. But one would be, let's just look at this. You as parents, both you and your husband, you know, whether it's the sand shoveling or the, the big talk after the phone thing, it's like you're not just letting things slide. And I think that's really important when we see these A plus skills not happening in our kids' lives. Yeah. We can just think like, oh, we're too busy. We've got so many things, you know, who am I to say? And we just move on. And we can't do that. Like in that moment, we've got to say, no, I've got to put in the effort. I only have a couple more years with this kid. Like I've got to put in the effort and say, hey, what you just did right there, you know, that that's not going to fly. And and I love also how you said, see, this is what happened to me, you know, and we just don't want to do this to other people. And that was really smart of you just not to just say like, you are disrespecting me. Yeah. But for you to say, no, I don't want you to do this to any other human being. So all of a sudden, it's not like you just being like, wow, well, well, you didn't listen. Yes. To me. Yes. Because you, she's you saying, I don't want you to have this precedent and treat other people in your life this way. And, and because she's really good protective of me that she wouldn't like someone doing that to me. Uh, the yeah. book is Screen Kids, Arlene Pelicane, your website? It is ArlenePelicane.com. It was fun, friend. Thank you. Thanks so much. Manitou Springs is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT. Arc Thrift needs your small furniture and electronics donations now. You can donate that end table or folding chair you've been meaning to find a new home for. Smaller sized furniture that can fit in your trunk and home goods like blenders and air fryers are items that ARC badly needs right now. They make it easy by unloading your car and your donations help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, the primary mission of ARC Thrift. ARC has high demand for small electronics like speakers, soundbars, Bluetooth speakers, and turntables. And once you donate, you can shop in the stores for your own treasured finds. Each ARC Thrift location has over 5,000 new items every day. So there is always something new and exciting. Every ARC thrift store keeps their shelves fresh with new merchandise, so each new purchase will be special to you. ARC's donation centers are open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Sunday donation hours are available as well. To find the nearest ARC thrift donation center, go to arcthrift.com donations. Hey there, friend, Angie Austin with the good news along with Grace Fox, and we are talking about uh, Fresh Hope for Today, <clears throat> her devotional, Fresh Hope for Today, and we are talking about uh, page 88, Let It Go. Welcome back, Grace. It's always good to be with you, Angie. Always wonderful. You always give us fresh hope in each day. <laughs> I love it. All right, so tell us a little bit about uh, this particular devotion, Let It Go. 
Right. So I interviewed a friend of mine whose name is Kristen, and she talked about attending a women's conference where she smiled, you know how we often do when we go to church on Sunday morning with a kind of a, a plastic smile and people say, how are you doing? And we all say, fine, just fine. When on the inside, things are falling apart. Yes. Well, that was Kristen. Yeah. And she talked about how she'd been carrying just this load of concern for her loved ones and stuff that they were going through and her own issues as well. But how she just was feeling so overburdened by that. And during the course of that uh, conference, she heard a speaker talk about a little child, a toddler, receiving uh, a helium balloon that had a string attached. And when the child let the balloon go, the mother said, why did you do that? Why did you let it go? And this little child, and you know, out of the mouth of babes, um, said, I didn't let it go. I gave it to Jesus. And Kristen said that comment just really hit her where she needed it because she realized that she couldn't carry all this stuff anymore. It was killing her, and she had to give it to Jesus. And she'd often thought that by just letting it go, it was like, well, that means I'm not loving my my family like I should. I, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I'm abandoning them with their problems. But she realized that, no, that, that wasn't the case. If she was letting it go, she was truly giving her concerns to Jesus and letting him carry that load. And that didn't mean she loved her family less. It didn't mean she cared less about their needs, but she was, she was letting Jesus carry the load rather than herself. And I just, I just love that. You know, we talk so much as Christians about, you know, the whole let go and let God, but so often it, we find it very difficult to do. Why is that, you think? I think it's because we like to feel like we're in control. I don't know what that is. You know, why, why do we feel like we need to be in control, but um, we're not? We, we are not the ones in control. We can't control other people's destinies and outcome as much as we think we can. And so it's you know, having to release control. It's like saying, okay, I'm okay with being uncertain. Who's, who's okay with that? We don't like uncertainty. We want to know what the outcome is going to be, so we want to control it. But we just can't. You know, I um, so every once in a while, I kind of like to go in and like look at your books on, uh, is it 13 books you've written now? Or is it 14? Yeah, I just, I, well, I have 13 that have been published and my 14th will be released in July of 2024. Because I, I like to go in and look, you know, um, at some of the reviews and everything. And it must make you feel pretty good when you go through and read them. Because uh, on this particular book um, that we talk about quite a bit, uh, your devotional, uh, Finding Joy in the Journey, I think, you know, every single one of them is, you know, a five-star review, which is pretty wonderful. And um, encouraging is what a lot of them seem to say. Uh, what is it like to know that, you know, when you go speak as well, that, you know, you're, you are giving people fresh hope for today in your book? It humbles me. I, I, I'm glad for it, uh, but it humbles me because I realize that I can't, I can't be that instrument of, of hope in my own self. Like, I, I truly have to depend on the power of God for writing these books. Mm-hmm. And I, I, re- I, you know, every time I sit down to write something like that, it's, oh, Lord, what do I have to say that's going to be meaningful to somebody today? Only you know what people's needs are going to be when they pick up the book to read it. So I'm, I'm, you know, I just ask that you will give me the words to write that are meaningful to somebody and it's going to strike 
um, that note of hope and encouragement where they need it most when they pick it up. You know, I read mine a lot. My mom took mine, uh, you know, not so long ago. And I was looking on Amazon, and you can get your book right now um, for eight twenty nine because they have a twenty percent off coupon. So I think that's yeah, kind of right. a yeah, yeah. They have a twenty percent off coupon, and uh, I think it's a great time to get it. And that's about what it is for Kindle as well. But I don't know for devotionals, I like to be able to write in them. So it's kind of fun to be able to you know. Um, click on that. So yeah, I found it fresh hope uh, for today. Uh, now finding hope in crisis is a little bit more, but that I thought that was a really um, good, I don't know, deal for that. So in terms of, you know, writing, did you start, you know, writing your books while you were still raising your kids or after your kids were raised and you were a grandma? I started when my kids were still home. And that journey began actually by taking a, a correspondence course for the Children's Institute of Literature. So my youngest was probably five at the time, four or five. It was a two-year two course. It took me three years to complete because I was a busy stay-at-home mom. But I went to my first writer's conference much later. I think my youngest was by then in 10th grade, maybe, and uh, in high school because I remember leaving a bunch of food in the freezer with directions for my husband on how to heat that food up for the kids. <laughs> I was afraid they'd go hungry when I was gone. But uh, yeah, so it, it took quite a few years for that whole journey to get going. And, um, and once I started, it's been over 20 years. You know, Angie, there's, there's another thing, this thing about letting it go. Oh, man. You know, I wrote a blog just a few days ago, and it had so much feedback on it because I addressed that in another way. And it was how we can exhale. Because this one time I was so, oh, you know, just feeling so burdened by the concerns for my grown kids and wishing I could control their outcome, wishing I could kiss their boo-boos and make them better. But these boo-boos aren't just, you know, scrape the knee and, and put a Band-Aid on. They're big issues. And I remember just going into my into this little front room that we got on the sailboat because I felt as the Holy Spirit was nudging me to just go and listen for his voice. With, just listen to his voice. Just stop talking, Grace, and listen. And I got on my knees with my face before him, and I, I just heard him say, exhale. And I thought, whoa, you know. I took this big breath in, and then I exhaled, just exhaled slowly. And I thought about my other daughter, my older daughter's health issues, and inhale and then exhale those concerns and I did that for several specific things and then one after another after another other things started coming into my mind that I didn't even have to go fishing for those things just came to my mind and I exhaled each one of them and and seriously with each exhale I let go of the weight of the concern and I and I and I felt lighter in a physical way my heart felt lighter and so every time I start feeling overburdened with cares, I do that. And that exercise really works. I've had so much feedback on that in the last few days from women who are saying, thank you, Grace. I needed that. I've, I'm doing it. And it really works. So I can encourage our listeners today to try that. If they're feeling burdened by cares or family or the what's going on in the world today or whatever, just to go to a place of quiet and take a big inhale and then slowly exhale and just give it, give it to the Lord. 
I love that idea, you know, of letting it go because um, just like the balloon, there's something, you know, physical attached, you know, with the exhaling of, you know, letting something go. And so often we have to be still in order for, you know, God to work on our fears and, and our anxieties, right? Right, because sometimes we're just so busy. We're like, oh, I, my, I'm at my daughter's again helping her with the kids, and they have a hamster now, a hamster named Jellybean. And Jellybean gets on that wheel at night and just goes round and round and round and uh-huh. round and round. You hear the noise. So, you know? but, but that's how we are sometimes as, as people with concerns. We, we let them go round and round and round and round in our mind, and, and they don't give us strength for the day. They don't give us peace. When we do that with these concerns, all we're doing is on this hamster treadmill going nowhere fast and learning to just get off that treadmill saying, done, God, I'm I'm done with this. I just need you to carry this for me so I can lie down and rest. I love that because so often we don't feel the rest and the lack of anxiety, you know, when we're out in the world and we're supposed to feel that. And um, that's one thing I like about... um, you know, the Catholic Church down the street, I don't go to a Catholic church, but they have, uh, you know, mass and you can go, you know, in the mornings if you'd like. And I do like the idea of having a place of quiet, you know, uh, a place, you know, to, to being able to go into church and have that calming, you know, influence. I know you don't need to go there, though, to feel the presence of God. Like you said, you can go somewhere quiet. Um, my girlfriend, like she has a joy box where she keeps um, things that make her happy. I call mine a joy shelf. It's in my closet and I keep really cool things that, whether it's a music box or things that my kids have drawn for me or written, you know, over the years uh, that bring me joy. Um, so I call them my joy shelves that are in my closet. But, um, you know, having a room where you can have that quiet and that peace that can be similar and a similar experience to the calming presence that you feel, um, you know, with the Lord in church, you can have that, you know, in other places and nature as well. Absolutely. The sound of running water for me is something like that. When we lived in a townhouse before moving into the boat, we lived in a townhouse and I bought myself uh, for part of my home decor in the living room, uh, a little standing water fountain. So it was made out of plaster or something. It looked like a little, oh, probably stood about three and a half feet high, you know? So the water would run down the front of it, and it just sounded like that trickle of a stream. And to me, like I'd get up in the morning and I'd put that on, and that's where I'd read my Bible and have my journal because there's that sound of a stream that that was calming for me. Uh, and People might be able to do that, might not, but you could do it out if you have a deck. Let's sit on the deck for five minutes. Um, some people who've had a really busy day, like I think of busy, busy moms, if they have a chance at the end of the day to even sit in the bathtub and have a bubble bath with a candle burning just to take that breath and exhale for, for 20 minutes, you know, that might be that quiet space. But, but um, so we just have to learn to carve just a few minutes out and to, find that space for me on a sailboat my space is very limited and literally that space that is mine to go on my knees it's it's just a little bit bigger than the size of a of a typical bath mat or a little mat you'd have in front of your kitchen sink Mm -hmm. that's my space that's all i got but it works 
I love it. Um, I also like the sound of running water. So at night, I have a, a little noisemaker doodad that um, sounds like a stream running. And then my husband put uh, a fountain in the entryway, and it's kind of like blue ceramic. And he built like this really nice stone wall. And then it's in like a big stone planter and with a plant near it. And it sounds so nice. I'm the one that turns it on, you know, every day. And he says he has to fill it with 10 gallons of water every few weeks because it's pretty dry in Colorado. But the cats have found a second use for it. They too enjoy it. The minute I turn it on, they come running out of the woodwork and because they like to use it as a giant drinking fountain. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful. What a, what a great place to have people, if it's in your entryway, right, for people to walk in and to hear that sound. What a welcoming sound. Yeah, I do love it. I'll send you a little video because he did such a nice job. It used to be like, I said, I used to say the planter, it had like fake plants and wood chips and a mirror. And I used to say the 80s called and they want their planter back because, you know, the mirror and everything, it wasn't exactly um, uh, welcoming. It was just like, whoa, that is a big planter <laughs> with a big giant floor to ceiling mirror. Wow, that is big. So I love <laughs> Love what it is now. All right, gracefox.com. Always just a blessing to have you on the show, Grace. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.